Hello and welcome back to the State Road Podcast. I'm your host, Zane Kalig, and today I have Grover returning for a second time. What's up? How are you doing today? I had an excellent day. How about you? I had an excellent day too today. And today, we're going to have a very hot topic, and we're going to talk about what we personally would do as presidents. But to take a spin on that, no matter what, we are not going to agree with one another. So it can get pretty controversial. But this is all satire at the end of the day. But our own personal viewpoints when we are debating will not be expressed, I guess, directly. I guess basically, the views expressed in this video by both parties do not necessarily reflect the views that they believe. Uh, do not take any of this to heart. This is satirical content, please. Yeah. Okay. And to get right into it, I think I'm going to jump off the bat and talk about the structure of our government and the just the way it works and why I personally don't agree with it and to start it off what I would change firstly as president I would get rid of the electoral college okay I would get rid of the electoral college because we are a democracy it's majority rules one person one vote but technically that's not really true when the electoral college comes into play because it's all just a point system so i could focus on the big states like california texas florida win all those and not really have to worry about the lower population states so i actually don't have to get the popular vote to win the presidency but that's not a true democracy you sort of okay sorry continue what's your second point what's my second point on that um no, no no like do you Oh, you have a list. Yeah. um, I also, um, I would do an unprecedented move and I would change my party to a third party after I run as a Democrat, of course. Okay. Just so I can show the people that it's okay for us to have more than one party because it's just partisan uh, voting at this point. You know, like they're voting for their own, they're not voting for their own personal beliefs. They're voting because they want to get reelected. Because every two years, they have to worry about that. And if I'm a Democratic senator and I'm voting for Republican bills, then my chances of getting reelected aren't going to be very strong. Yeah. So I would also change the senator re-election and House members to every, excuse me, uh, eight years. Eight years, okay. Yeah, which I, I do think that is pretty valid because Congress and the House, they have a immense power when it comes to our lawmaking and just what we're focusing on as a country like a lot of people think the president Mm -hmm. holds the supreme power at the end of the day but congress does hold a lot of power personally okay um all right going back to your first point about dismantling the electoral college um you say that the united states is a democracy The United States is not a democracy. It is a republic, which functions similarly but differently. The the main difference between a republic and a democracy is while in a democracy, the people have the total rule by numbers. Mm -hmm. But that used to be that way when we had smaller uh, colonies. That's why the Electoral College system was set up. Well, no, no, no. The Electoral College system was set up because the Founding Fathers only wanted educated people voting and even when that changed they they still didn't believe the common voter knew enough Mm -hmm. about the the political landscape of the time and therefore wasn't able to make an educated decision so the electoral college is sort of uh like the the college like the the college educated people when you say educated do you mean just males then because at the time females couldn't vote so is that what you mean by that at the time yeah you had to be 21 landowning yeah and that's because the world used to be a whole fucking patriarchy so like that's not the personal reason like why it was set up like i believe i think it was just convenient because the 13 colonies could all vote under one system instead of having to go through each individual vote it was just an easier way like because at the time transportation and male they weren't very efficient so if they could just the, in in the original documents regarding um the 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 founding of the constitution like the mm-hmm. sort of the drafting of it um they refer to something called tyranny of the masses yeah the reason why we have an electoral college is to reduce the tyranny of the masses mm-hmm. the tyranny of the masses being the 
sort of the collective will, like whatever it is being enforced over a smaller group, like a minority, mm-hmm. which is like one of the, like the very few times that the the white people in the the 1700s actually gave a fuck about minorities. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, the three fifths compromise. I mean, that they did that so that they could get more votes personally uh, for like um, districts. Yeah. And stuff like that. When uh, African Americans that or Africans, I guess you could say, because they were imported. But anyways, uh, they counted as three fifths of of a person to the audience out there. So that each slave that a person owned, it would count count for three fifths of a vote. Right. So what? Even then, though, with the electoral college in place, they still didn't really do much mm-hmm. in terms of actual, like actually pushing the numbers. Yeah. Um, but like. What I'm trying to say is that we personally portray ourselves as a democracy, right? Mm. And if we want to stay true to that, then I feel like it should be one person, one vote. And it's really not one person, one vote, technically, at the end of the day. Right. So that's why so many people don't really think their vote matters, because, oh, if I live in a small vote state, I have less of a voice, you know? Like, my state doesn't matter, so it if, like... Say Delaware has like three or four votes, you know, like mm-hmm. it's not as significant as California per se, right? Which undermines the people. Well, there are there are also steps that we could take to negate that. Things like redistricting to actually account for population densities, like minorities per se. Well, all eligible voters. Yeah, but at like, this point, nobody's barred from voting mm-hmm. except for illegals. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if we allow these districts to be resized mm-hmm. and and re um, redistricted, I guess. Sorry, we allow that re- to occur. I think it's called reapportionment. Re- yeah. yeah. So we we reapportion the the ways that the votes are distributed mm-hmm. to better reflect the will of the masses, and well, it's all right. That's kind of how it is, I think, because the will of the masses is. The population. So, depending on how wh- how populated the state is, they get more electoral votes. Right. So, I think that's already like technically how it is. So, how I, how is the system unfair? If uh, I don't think the system's. The... I don't think the system's like unfair in a way. I just think if we're going to call ourselves a democracy, it should be majority rules, right? That's how it works but, in. in our, that's in how the... it works in the Senate. That's how it works in the House. That's how everything in our government works except for how we elect our representatives you know yeah but our representatives are the ones doing the voting for us and that's Mm -hmm. what makes it a republic yeah and that's why i'm saying it shouldn't be that way because back then yeah it could have been it was more efficient but now that we have more territory more population it's a lot less effective i believe so um Getting off that topic, uh, what do you think about my se- second take? Uh, re re uh, restate that for me. Um, so basically, I think that uh, we should have more parties, and that uh, to actually like get <laughs> to get things <laughs> to get um more things done in our country, like more productivity. Uh, Senators and House members should be reelected every eight years so that they don't have to worry about reelection, and there could be more bipartisan voting instead of just partisan voting. You know. Yeah. All right. So, in terms of productivity, um, I think that you're wrong about having many parties, because by having many parties, all you're doing is increasing how loud the room is and how hard it is to understand each other. What should happen if you want productivity? I think is a a one party. Oh, that's where I disagree with you because that's that's actually impossible in our own country. In our country, sure, but yeah, in other because places around the world. In Federalist Ten, um, James Madison, he talks about uh, factions and how uh, we can't get rid of them, so they're only going to grow in size because we would have to control our own people, and that would take away our basic liberties. Right. But to combat what you said with a single party yes that that would be efficient but i don't think that is plausible in our country today so that's why i say we get more parties because these third parties 
they're a lot more closely intertwined with the two major parties, but people don't realize it because it's just a title. But yeah. at the so end of the day, it's exactly the same thing. A one party is just a two party with the mask or without the mask. <laughs> Technically so, but like <laughs> if, if there's more parties, people are going to realize, "Hey, we have very similar beliefs." Like Yeah. So they're not it's not just going to be partisan voting. So what's the that's difference the, that's the problem. A multiple party system versus a single party system because eventually you have so many voices that nobody's voice matters anymore. But that's not possible in our country today. So I'm not I'm not even but like What if they get outvoted? What if they get outvoted? Yeah. The and single party gets sing- then their voice gets nulled. I mean then just system, the everybody the people just take over like the fucking French Revolution, you know, so Sure, but in a single-party system, the voice speaks for all people. Yeah, but th- that's just not plausible in our own country today, I believe, because that would... Our country is so diverse in beliefs to the point where you cannot control it anymore. Like, right. you, they couldn't even control it in the 13 colonies. No. And we have but over 300 million people in I, our country. I honestly don't think it would be that much different. I mean, honestly... Yes, but no. I think that... Uh, oh, there's a police officer coming by. Uh, let's see if they're going to join the podcast today. But uh, anyways, I think that if we were to have just a singular party, you know, uh, it would be more productive because these people who are in office, they worry so much about re-election to the point where they actually can't convey their own true beliefs because they're just tied under a party. So... To combat your single party, I think that we should have no parties. No parties? Well, in that case, going back to what you <laughs> said, if factions are inevitable, mm-hmm. how can you have no party? How can we have no party? Because we don't just vote partisanly. We vote based on morality. Well, morality is only... That's the thing, though. <laughs> morality is determined by the laws in place. That's not entirely true. It absolutely is. If the laws allow you to kill everybody in your sight, you mm-hmm. will grow up your entire life thinking it is morally all right to kill everybody in sight. That's not true whatsoever because there's people who grow up in these horrible scenarios, but they still have empathy. They but they're st- outliers. Yes, that's true, but that's because people act as animals. You know, like they're sheep herd mentality, you know. Okay. They, so what a if- lot of people are followers. So if really, if murdering was legal, then people would join to the masses what the most people do. So if people weren't really killing each other, then it would just be a small minority. It's kind of like how the law is set in place right now. A lot of people don't murder, but there's still a small minority that does. So no matter what outliers. the laws... Yeah. So no matter what... Do you know what an outlier is on a set of data? An... Um, it's a number that doesn't get counted. Yeah, because, because it's just... extraneous. It's insignificant. Yeah. Okay. So, do you not agree that uh, more parties would work? Well, I kind of have to by the constraints. Okay, yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay I, I forgot. Um, so, we got into that. <laughs> um, also, what, what I would change um, about the, the structure of our own country... Um, well, not even the, just the structure. I think just the change of, like, what, like, we're focusing on for diplomacy. Like, I don't think it's very right what we're focusing on for diplomacy. But to give you a fair shot, I'm going to let you uh, bring up the next topic so that uh, I can rebuttal your take, you know? It's going to be a little interesting. Uh Damn, I was hoping to be a bad guy for this one. Um, we'll both be bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. The United States okay. just <laughs> withdrew from the 20-year cycle of bloodshed in Afghanistan after having yeah. 90% of control in the country. Mm-hmm. The Taliban just got some fucking, I guess, crazy weapons, armors, and the balls to attack all at once. That's kind of cool. Now, if I were president, Mm -hmm. and this crisis were happening at the moment, Mm -hmm. I think I would still go with Biden. (laughs) 
So you would withdraw? I would absolutely withdraw. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so personally, um, I agree, but I can't agree with you, you know? So, yeah. Um, to combat your take, I would not withdraw personally because of the amount of time that we've spent there and for it all to be futile is just really fuckish for the veterans that we have who fought for our country who've had horrendous things happen to them that that they suffer from it today and they fought in a war all for no reason okay my rebuttal to that um we've wasted 20 years there already if we Mm -hmm. waste any more what'll happen we came there under the idea that they had weapons of mass destruction they did not so we started a war so we could stay there um, yeah, we, we just really fought the war there for, like, their own resources and, like, global control of the Middle East, you know? like The opium fields, the oil rigs. Yeah, and it's all, it's all just, like, really fucked up, the, like, the situation, personally. And, like, I honestly don't have much of a rebuttal take on the rest of it. So, personally, I think that us going to, out of uh, Afghanistan is a good move. But for the people of the country, um, I think it's very scary for them. I think it's horrible to, like, see uh, on the news that there's cargo planes that, like, fit 100 people. There's 800 people jammed in the back of it. There's people literally climbing on the wings of the airplane. And there's videos of them falling off. And, like, that's how scared these people really are. But the Taliban is being merciful with them and, like, they're letting them leave, like... They just pardoned everybody that, um, yeah. and like, that fought against them. I personally don't agree with the method that they used to take over the country. But if you really think about it, that's how our country was formed. It was f- formed through a war. And we did horrendous things then. And like, the Taliban isn't doing nearly as worse as what we were doing back then, I personally believe. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I can I can see as fucked up as it is I can see both sides of this argument mm-hmm. and it's more it's more than just a waste of time and effort like if we surrender control of that region that's a big blow yeah and to t- take um actually a rebuttal I just thought of um it takes a hit on our global image like on the dominating stage like mm-hmm. China and this is oh my god this ties in perfectly um china now thinks that we're like little bitches right yeah and they want taiwan so they're pressuring taiwan even more they've i I think just the other day they sent like eight fighter jets over their own airspace like conducting like a practice like military drill so like now that we've backed out of afghanistan we've set a precedent yeah who's saying we're not we're gonna defend taiwan we're just gonna get into another war for 20 years that's not even we're not even gonna win but it's gonna be so much worse yeah because it's a global superpower versus a global superpower and it's not just gonna be us it's gonna be other major powers too so i as i grow older Mm -hmm. i i start to go oh shit oh shit oh shit more and more and more yeah um and one of the things that that keeps me up at night shitting my pants is sort of looking at the global chessboard right now china has got china and russia have us in such such like they've got our queen backed up in a corner and that that shit can't move mm-hmm. anywhere without getting taken you yeah know what because I mean? we rely on china heavily for our own imports and even well, exports in a way it's not even it's not even just that like you said earlier with us looking like pussies ro- rolling out of afghanistan mm-hmm. I, I mean we talked about taiwan last time yeah i don't think that the u.s should get involved in that either like this is li- like literally that's world war three shit yeah and it's honestly pretty scary to think about like within the next few years we could be in a world war in a world war and we could potentially be drafted going back to the skip i think that the united states should withdraw Mm -hmm. and maintain a position of neutrality Mm -hmm. and so do you want me to combat that with what i just said like about the it makes us on a well, I mean, whatever whatever you can think of to disagree with it. But let me let me let okay. me complete my statement. Yeah. 
So what I want to happen to the military, mm -hmm. what we do is we withdraw the military and we begin fortifying the United States immediately. Mm -hmm. We build walls. We build anti-aircraft guns. We put that shit everywhere. Mm -hmm. And how are we going to get the funds for that? I'm just curious. We already have it. Um, we already spend over a billion on our military now. And exactly. So hear me out. Okay. So what we do is we extend what the military really is by turning or sort of creating a branch of civil service. Okay. So what we do is we bring people in, use the Montgomery GI Bill, you do four mm -hmm. years in the military, you do four years, you know, four years free college. Mm -hmm. What we use the civil, the civil um, engineers to do yeah. is build the infrastructure build all of the things that we need done, build the bridges, the dams, the, the mm -hmm. levees, anything that we need to help combat climate change while also building fortification for what's, okay. to, for what's to come. Here's what, where I disagree with you. Um, so say that uh, it's still the scenario where we pull out of, the, of uh, Afghanistan, right? Mm -hmm. I don't agree with your take on that of like what we should do. I personally think that we shouldn't focus on building our own military up. I think that we should focus on withdrawing from Taiwan at the moment. But that's... They, they're coming home anyways. Oh, yeah. I know they're coming home, but we're sending military aid to mm -hmm. Taiwan. We have carriers. We have warships there. And I, I, I'm saying that we should withdraw our troops out of Taiwan instead of beefing up our own military and trying to instigate a world war you're saying what i'm saying in different words we withdraw the troops from taiwan we bring them home oh you're talking about taiwan i thought you were talking about afghanistan oh everywhere we have 830 active military bases around the world our okay. next neighbor has like 29 okay so i agree with the withdrawing but i don't agree with the method of what happens afterwards okay. so instead of beefing up our own military i think that we should do what we did in the world wars and we just completely dominated production mm -hmm. but we do it in a clean way yeah. we set the precedent that this is the future of what manufacturing looks like mm -hmm. and we go clean with it so free of carbon emissions like as low as possible and we become the global superpower in production mm -hmm. imports exports so that china they basically lose a bishop, you know? So, they where do they get the funds for this? Where do they get the funds for this? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Zane is taking a fat fucking rip. Okay. <laughs> um, so, I actually think, I don't agree with the amount of money that we currently put in the military. Okay. So, I would divert some of the money into that plan I would also ask Congress for money personally because you in every war that there's been there's been emergency fundings for them personally so this could be a this is an emergency like people don't realize it people aren't waking up to realize how serious like China is like they condemn and they torture their own people do you not think that they won't do it to other people like people really need to inform themselves on what's happening out there and you don't like, have to look far you really yeah, really like, don't you could look up the words china taiwan there's news about it today i guarantee you there's news about it every single day and it's honestly scary growing up like about to be an adult and i have to be paranoid about <laughs> being drafted into a war that i wouldn't even want to fight so I'm gonna get off. I'm I'm gonna get on to another topic about um, drafting into the military. I don't think right. it should be a thing, okay. personally. I think that it should be a choice at the end of the day because we already do have a lot of active members in the military. You know. Well, it is a choice now. You can claim conscientious objector. But Congress, no matter what, can enact it at any time. It's one of their powers. You know, like. Yeah, but that's the thing is, if you put on your draft card conscientious objector. Does that it means it, you cannot it, be assigned to a combat role. Why? Because you're because you're impaired. a pacifist. You're a pacifist. Yeah. I never heard of that personally. It, but, that's um, how selective service works. Okay, but I know that there have been a lot of people. Hey, in like, uh, are you eighteen? No, I'm seventeen currently. Okay, when you're eighteen, don't fucking forget to fill up your draft card. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. But a lot of people don't know that. I didn't even know that. Like, so a lot of people are going to be forced into a war that they don't want to fight, and I don't think that's right. Like, I shouldn't have to crush every last one of my dreams to risk my life for uh, an a foreign affair that we shouldn't even be in to begin with. You know. See, I I have to disagree with you. Um, literally, um, I think the draft system is a necessary system because there are many people out there who hold the same beliefs as you. Mm-hmm. Now, I personally, that is, I mean, and that, this is no bullshit, folks. If that if that happened, that is that is enough of a threat for me to join. Like that is that is mm-hmm. that is that is something that is like I'm in for. But- why don't you take the diplomatic route and instead try to focus on getting out of the situation? Because there is no out. This is something that's going to affect the entire world. It doesn't matter how far north you go or no, south you go. I- I'm saying like that we shouldn't instigate it because if we do start it, then it's inevitable. You if know? we're like, starting a draft, it's because we're down bad. No, I mean like starting a war. I'm not saying we're starting a war. We- we're instigating one. By what? By doing what? With uh, Taiwan and China. Do you not that, think that... That war is already happening and it's, it has nothing to do with us. There's no... There's not been any bloodshed yet. It's all just like... I'm not... I'm off that subject. What? <laughs> huh? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> no, I, I'm... You're talking about a world war. So... Yeah, yeah, because... Well, because the draft is... The draft is there in the case yeah, of something like that. Of course, yes. And this is going to be on our shores no matter what mm-hmm. happens. But that's why... It's really just a matter of how you want to die. Here's where I don't agree with you. Um, So say uh, another world war was instigated out, right? I'd say China would be probably the main culprit, right? Yeah. So we have weapons of mass destruction that would not... We would not need a draft then. We would lose... There would be a lot less bloodshed. There would be... Less bloodshed for nuclear weapons? Yes, I believe so. Because, let me tell you this. Uh, in Japan, Hiroshima, Nagasaki, the bombs were dropped. Mm-hmm. If we had a land invasion of Japan, a lot more lives would have been lost. And it's not like we were barbaric about it. We dropped flyers down in planes, like, prior to it, like, telling the people, like, what the fuck was about to happen. Yeah, but we also firebombed Tokyo, a, building, uh, a, a city made of wooden, building, wooden buildings at the time. It's an atro- atrocity. Uh, 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 yeah, it's atrocity it, 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 no it, matter it's, what. It's atrocious, you know? But, like, at the end of the day, in a war that holds no compromise, the goal is to, like, for as many lives... To not be lost as possible, right? But as less bloodshed as possible. The, so the if nuclear we, option only inspires retaliation. I don't mean like specifically nuclear weapons per se. Like I mean every country fucking just bombs the shit out of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like if every country was like "fuck you, China," like we're not like standing up for this bullshit, like. Mm-hmm. And just like fucking, yeah, like, like general, like like uh, fucking Fire Lord Ozai, that shit, like a bunch of yeah. bombers just carpet bombing the fucking place. Yeah, it, it would blasting fortunate sun. <laughs> a lot of uh, <laughs> a, a lot more lives would be saved, I, I believe so, because the technology gap between World War One and World War Two was so significant. Yeah. I mean, to we the saw point the, where you, we you saw can the see rise the, yeah. of, of combined combined arms warfare, yeah, and you see it in the deaths of the war. So, for a world war to happen like 60, 70 years after the last one, yeah, the technology gap is going to be insurmountable. It's the deaths are would be unprecedented. It would be the most deaths in any war, I believe. Yeah. So, I don't think that. The use of weapons of mass destruction mm-hmm. should be used by us first. But then again, it depends on how the world leaders see it. Of course, yeah. Because if the world leaders go, well, China's kind of crazy right now. Mm-hmm. We'll just and you know mm-hmm. turn a blind eye and, and even honestly, join in. Like mm-hmm. that's that's the best thing that can happen. But Chinese airspace, man, that's that's a. A tough fucking nut to crack. Yeah. 
Of course. And I think personally that a lot of countries would be willing to go up against China because they see them as a threat. But of course, China has its own allies. North Korea would be a threat for sure to surrounding countries. Sure. But all right. So let me bring another point. Okay. I think that more countries should have access to nuclear weapons. And I have to disagree with that, right? Okay. Um, personally, I don't think that it should be that way because it's just going to be a cold war everywhere then. Okay. Everybody has a nuke. Everybody's yeah. equal. Everybody defensible. has a playing card. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So. So say say okay. I, I'm gonna say um Afghanistan has nukes, right? Yep. The Taliban takes control. Yep. Just just like how they did. Yep. Do you know how dangerous that is? Yep. So you agree with that then? I agree that it is dangerous, yes. So, why would you want to have it that way? If a world war broke out, and do you know how catastrophic that would be for the whole entire world? Yep. But it also... So, basically, you're saying you're an anarchist right now. No, 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 no. <laughs> so, basically, you need to listen to what I'm about to say here. Okay. I got you. All right. So, sorry about the clap, headphone users. Um... I think that one of the biggest problems that's led to where we are today is the disparity in equal arms. Mm-hmm. Some countries are more powerful than others because they've had the nuclear science. Yeah. Um, if everybody had access to the nuclear science, think of how much more clean energy there would be in the world. Because at the end of the day, learning to refine uranium for either bombs or for power they, they can be used pretty interchangeably. So should countries get nuclear weapons, I think it really evens out the playing field in a way that... Well, no, no, think about it. China bullies Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Taiwan nukes fucking China. China's going to stop fucking bullying Taiwan That's after launching whatsoever. a couple of nukes. That's not true whatsoever because Taiwan is a very small island. Do you know how dense their population is? They're just going to fucking nuke them continuously because they have more nukes. It doesn't matter if one country has one or two nukes because there's always going to be a country that has tens of thousands of them. So yeah. at the end of the day, it's just going to cause more problems. It's going to set a global battlefield. We're going to be playing risk. Like We're going to be playing risk every day. Okay, so, but in that case... I think that in the in it all comes down to having a voice. Mm-hmm. I would say everybody has a nuke, which means everybody has more of the reason to settle for peace. I don't necessarily think that's true because there's well, sure a, it is. there's a lot of countries that have goals that we don't know of. Like sure. China per se or North Korea. Do you think North Korea is gonna get the nukes and it'll be like, yay, we're gonna have a parade? They already have them. But not, they don't have the technology to the point where they can threaten us per se. Which no, is, but they can threaten Japan, South Korea. But do you know how much hate the North Koreans have for us? Like genuinely, like it's yeah. in their propaganda. Like the people do because yes. they're all brainwashed and controlled. And if South Korea had nukes, it wouldn't be a problem. Yeah, this is, it's literally like Germany, like before World War Two. The leaders they brainwashed the people mm-hmm. into hating a specific uh, group of people, you know? Yeah. So, whenever they come out with these radical ideas, people are going to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, they can gain more power because North Korea is not a very big country, but they do hold a lot of power on the global stage, I believe. I think the only... I think it would just lead to innovation. Innovation? I personally believe that if we did stop focusing on arms races, per se, and we just got rid of all the nukes, instead of building them up because it's just setting us up for extinction and instead we focus on innovation and technology well but innovation and war go hand in hand so so no no it does though think about it okay so you're talking about the technology leap between world war one and two this is case one Mm -hmm. world war one and two the reasons that we got so much more powerful shit in world war two is because we learned from world war one we okay. learned how to get better planes, planes that can maneuver, mm-hmm. move faster. Yeah. We learned how to build aircraft carriers, things to launch the planes. We learned how to build much bigger, more effective battleships, submarines that could hide in, in, in the water but if we, for long periods of time. If then we, case two, okay. we built the space program mm-hmm. from V2 rockets recovered from the Nazis. 
a supersonic rocket. Mm-hmm. The first of its kind. And Okay, and to rebuttal your claim on that, about the space race, you know? Mm-hmm. If we didn't have to wor- worry about the world wars, per se, imagine yeah. how much further we would be technologically today because the most important but no 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 the most important inventions and discoveries have not happened during wars i i don't agree with that whatsoever because the people who have changed our future forever penicillin pe- but wartime like, invention electricity you know like that's the, probably one of the most important inventions of all time or discoveries i guess you could say sure um, but then look at it this way: computers. I mean, they were used more effectively because to get intel on the they enemy. Were, you they know, were like, developed yeah. in World War Two, but and they were okay. used through the Cold War. The reason why it's so important is because the reason why technology grew mm. so fast yeah. was because we were always trying to get the edge up on the competitor. Yeah, and that doesn't have to happen with just weapons, you know. No matter what, then it didn't. Like, the weapons technologies that became available to mm-hmm. the people were sold in the forms of televisions and computers. Mm-hmm. These are wartime things that can be sold as everyday objects or technologies that can be used in everyday objects but through just science because, founded from that. Just because the coincidence of it happened during the war does not mean that it was caused by the war, well, per se. Because, like, the person who invented the television, per se, you know, or color TV, was not just some person working for the government. No. No, no, that's also, like, I mean, radio technology. Yeah, of course, because, but if we didn't, if we weren't worrying about a war, that would still happen no matter what, because we, we always want to know what our neighbors are doing. But we would it have happened up. at the same time? I actually personally believe that we would be further in technology today. Not, not with weapons-wise, but with our space technology, our own cars, per se. And I also genuinely, genuinely do believe that if, neither of the world wars happened climate change would not be as big of a problem as it is today i think it would be a worse problem personally i don't because the result of manufacturing like to the extent that it was was a result of the wars like china becoming a global superpower in manufacturing like it didn't it didn't of course happen like right away but like it was building up to it because they built all these factories mm-hmm. and they're not just going to destroy them afterwards like in all of the things that china were producing it led to them having the highest carbon emissions in the world we have the second highest we're not like you're not great like, yeah we're not tough guys but like <laughs> we, we changed car factories into these factories that could build global masses of destru- destruction you know and when we're focusing on just nukes per se that's not getting us anywhere we're not getting anywhere with ourselves. We're learning how to destroy ourselves better. But if we could focus on things that actually change the way that we look at our own universe, per se, like physicists, those people are the most important people to ever exist, I believe, because they change the way that we understand the way that we look at life. They are the reason why we have a foundation of what we believe in, you know, like gravity, per se, like we would have no fucking clue, like, why we're stuck on the Earth if that man never lived, you know? Like, But what would we do without nuclear physicists when we're trying to get into space? Again, how could we get into space okay. if we didn't have the need for the rocket? Mm-hmm. Um, if we didn't have the, the technology in, in, in the first place. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that the Manhattan Project, per se, that that's the f- project to build the nuclear bombs, you know? In World War Two, I did. Yeah, yeah, I did yeah, a lot of research yeah. on that. Um, <laughs> I still think it would have happened, but in a different way. It wouldn't have been focused on just a bomb per se. It would have been focused on a different thing. Well, and it like, was. It was originally the nuclear project at at Los Alamos was using nuclear physicists who who were used to nuclear power. Mm-hmm. They 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 used uranium and plutonium okay. for nuclear power. The original reactors in Chicago. Well, I honestly think that us progressing technologically at this point is more damaging than it is beneficial. So I don't, yeah. I don't agree that we should keep up with this nuclear arms race with every other country. Like, and if there's more 
countries, it's just going to be more of a threat. We're going to have to get more into foreign affairs. We're going to have to be more focused on every other country except for our own. And if we just keep focusing on these things, then we're going to go mad. Like, we're at rock bottom, like, as a society, I believe, because we've forgotten, like, our own ways, like, our own, like, potential as human beings, like, back when, like, our ancestors were, like, super fucking spiritual, like, they could activate their chakras. Think of this. Okay. Three people in a room are sitting together. One of them has a gun. The other two people in the room are scared. Yeah. Because they have no means to defend (laughs) themselves. Of course, yeah. If the other two people have a gun, nobody in the room is scared because they all know that they can protect themselves from the other person. I I see your analogy here, but what I'm trying to say is that it's just going to create more of a threat because I'm going to go back to your analogy. Those three people are in the room with the gun. They're they're still going to be scared because they're going to wonder who's going to fire first. Right. So that just means more deaths, more problems to worry about. And if we keep advancing as a society and we keep focusing on space travel per se or like nuclear arms race, we're just going to crumble as a society because we're not fixing our own problems. We're just, but, we're creating more. I don't no, think no, you I understand think we're how, destroying our problems. There's I don't agree difference. with that. I don't agree with that at all because the, I'll stick with our country per se because our country has never been more divided, I believe, on belief systems. You could walk around into giant eagle per se right Mm -hmm. and i guarantee you every single last person is gonna have a different belief yeah and that's the problem because a lot of people aren't really willing to listen to other people and like they don't like other people who don't have their same belief systems right so wouldn't that be the best time to learn if you're really truly trying to avoid a nuclear war then i think it would be in everybody's best interest to learn by, I mean, if we have to do it at gunpoint, we have to do it at gunpoint. But that's the thing. We don't seem to want to do it. We live in the age okay, of information, okay. and yeah. everybody's a fucking idiot. I have, something to, <laughs> I have something to add on that for sure, because the result of a nuclear war could result in people learning. You know? like. But yet again, that's just complete, complete bullshit, because us as, like, our ancestors, us as humanity as a whole has never learned. It has never, ever, ever, ever learned. Like, the Holocaust, per se. Oh, people are like, never happen. will never happen again. We'll learn from this. The Rwandian genocide happened. The Armenian genocide Yeah, like, all all these genocides that just go unnoticed. Like, the Uyghur population right now in China, it is undergoing uh, genocide, people are saying. Because they're trying to force their own beliefs onto other people. Which I think is, like, very, very just disgusting at this point because like we've progressed so much technologically but we've progressed so little morally yeah and i think honestly that's why i think that we need to take a step back and we need to really find out who we are you know like the reason why all this shit happens is because mm -hmm. nobody is nobody has the balls to hold anybody accountable Mm -hmm. because everybody is afraid of retribution yeah for sure and i just feel like if we were to find like a meaning of us or like our history per se like why we are here how we got here it could unify the people in some sort of way to the point where they're like oh i've been believing something my whole entire life but it was just a lie maybe all my beliefs are wrong myself and like i could be willing to listen to other people now because a lot of people they just like i'm gonna say christians per se they like just absolutely shit on science, you know? Although it's a very believable... Einstein was... A, or not Einstein, fucking Newton was a Christian. But not by choice. Galileo was a Christian. Not by choice. Yes, he was. No, because during the time, those people were forced. They were forced to believe in the church. But going back to earlier, laws define morality. Of course. So because... if laws define morality and the church makes the laws... But that's not true whatsoever. I don't think so. Because Galileo, he said, fuck the church. Fuck your beliefs. The earth is... No, I mean, the sun is not in the center of the universe. Right. And he got thrown in a jail for that, I'm pretty sure. And he died And he died in there. It's put on house arrest. 
or it might, it might have been another philosopher, but you get what I'm saying. They were yeah. forced to believe in these own things, and even even when century, any sailor could tell you that the world mm-hmm. was round. Any any sailor could tell you that. Any anybody outside of the Catholic Church could tell you that. Yeah, but they were forced to believe in these certain things. So, but, when but you're if born, we're into- looking back on our history, then mm-hmm. if we're looking back on our history and things like this come up things that these big divides i think i think we're you're looking at it wrong i think we need to look forward because by looking back we're only going to reopen old wounds i don't really grudges are held in the past i don't necessarily mean look at the past and just condemn everybody for their past mistakes well no no no. but what i'm saying is it's easier to forgive looking forward than it is to look than it is looking back i mean yes and no to a certain extent um, I just feel like a lot of these, a lot of people today aren't very empathetic towards other people's beliefs per se. Mm-hmm. They're not empathetic towards people's past, like racist per se. Like, say there's a white man who's very racist. Like, yeah. it just never clicks in my head. Like, why those people are the way they are? But and it's because every single one of them will tell you. What will they tell me? I'm not racist, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I have black friends, you know. I have black friends. I'm not racist. Like, just because you have black friends does not mean that you aren't a fucking racist. Like, you can still yeah. be scared or think you're racist superior, but have a black friend because you view them as some sort of way. But anyways, as I was saying... Um, you know, there's actually... So, slight tangent from that real quick. Um, there's this interesting thing that everybody has that nobody's really aware of. And it's called implicit bias. Um, implicit bias yeah, is I agree with that. is where it's the type of thing where you might you, there's that cultural divide. It's sort of like that Asperger's, the mm. cultural Asperger's. Yeah, <laughs> where you um, you don't know how to socially interact with people of of other races, mm-hmm. and your implicit bias is no matter how good intentioned you may seem or you may think you are, mm-hmm. you are not coming off the way that you think you are. Yeah, and it's. It's to deal with your background, like how you were raised per se. Because if I'm living in a white neighborhood, right, and my parents are telling me all these horrible ba- things yeah, about, about certain races, I'm going to have this implicit bias that I should not interact with them. Right. I, I'm going to think these things. And that's really the problem with our country like today. That's what, that's what produces these horrible people in our own culture and society. But honestly... I'm going to have a hot take here. Um, I don't personally think this, but uh, a way to eliminate that, per se, is to have controlled education, like how they do in North Korea. Okay. You contain all the people who are racist and all those other adjectives, you know, uh, and you keep them in a confined society. Mm-hmm. Honestly, this could be a human fucking experiment at this point. We could see how, we could see how they progress as a society. Mm-hmm. And then we see how the other part progresses. But of course, some forms of racism and whatnot will form in those societies that it was eliminated in. Because the North Koreans, per se, they, some of them are racist. I don't think all of them are, but like a lot of them are because they're forced to believe in certain things. Yeah. Because they look at their leaders as gods. So if we really had that... If our leaders really had that superpower, like, of just sheer, like, dominance and just people look at them in awe, then we could create our own society in the way that we want it to. That's true. Um, I'm not saying that that would be a right thing, but another take on that could be that when we do have colonies on Mars, right, Mm -hmm. we experiment, and then... (laughs) <laughs> we see how that specific like society works out. Honestly, I feel like a really interesting, a really really interesting take on that would be we leave them there. Like you leave you have around 40, 50 children mm-hmm. who's with one adult, right? Per Jesus. se. Like not on some weird shit, but like Well, no, then, I'm like, just saying that adult. Yeah. I'd feel really bad for that adult. Yeah. And like he doesn't talk at all. He doesn't tell them anything. 
he just teaches them how to like like when they're of age like how to reproduce and we see where they take off we see how long it takes them to progress as a society see how long it takes for like them to get to the point where we are which i feel like would be like a really interesting way to see how humans progress naturally it could open up so many different theories in psychology it could help us better understand who we are as people i have a moral objection to that (laughs) a moral objection to that um (laughs) because what i see happening is us creating the indians again what do you mean so eventually when we outgrow earth and we've got this colony on mars that's very Uh conveniently available and they know nothing of us and they've populated Mars. Mm-hmm. I'm saying we populate Mars with our people, but we don't teach them anything. Yeah, but they don't know where they're from. They know no. How would they feel loyal to us as a nation or as a as a planet if they have no real understanding or respect for it? That's why we go to the planet at some point. Right. So we go to the planet, and you know everything's cool and dandy and then we go to their planet again and now we're looking for resources and they don't want to give up those resources so we kind of push them off to the side and say hey man what the fuck Mm -hmm. and then we go in there and fucking nuke them okay uh i don't think a nuke can like go into space like that absolutely can you think so dude do you know how high nukes actually go in the atmosphere but do you know how far mars is away from our planet all you gotta do is put a nuclear device in a nasa satellite or in a nasa <laughs> thing it might take it might take a few months to get there yeah it's, but i i don't know i would wonder if that's actually possible in today's world but it um, is it absolutely anyways, is we just haven't done it i don't just mean like i mean i said mars because that's within our own technology today i don't mean specifically mars i mean any planet in like but it, i think that just creates a cycle of imperialism but where you're always going to be conquering. It doesn't have to be that way. I don't. I just think we leave the planet alone. We don't take abuse of it. We just see how it spouts out. It and like it's what kind if of we're a, that. <laughs> yeah, that could be us. But like honestly, a really interesting thing to think about is that that's actually happening on our Earth today. Not directly. So, but like th- there's apes. no. There's this island of an indigenous tribe that nobody yeah. nobody goes to, nobody knows about. Like, because they kill all the <laughs> all the people that try to get on. I don't know. No, I I just think that people don't want to fuck with them. Like, like no, they they kill people that try to go to that island. Yeah, but like, I really really think that's just amazing, and like astonishing that they're still in a time period that we were in hundreds of years ago. They've not progressed, and I would wonder what their viewpoints are, what they think, like. Of course, if they saw a white man, they're going to be scared. They're going to be, like, bewildered. But that's only a natural reaction because they've never seen it in their whole entire life. But hate starts to stem out whenever these unknown things Mm. do horrendous things to you. That's how the cycle of hatred, racism works out because a lot of people... Well, racism, imperialism, and nationalism are all tightly intertwined. Because, like, think of think of propaganda yeah. in the 40s. Yeah, like, we were very imperialistic at one point, I believe. Yeah. So, and we started hating those people, like Germany, per se. Like, we had to use like, it to justify. Yeah. So the, the Japanese did it in the Rape of Nanking. Yeah, and we used Germany, like us uh, helping in World War II, to justify imperialism. Like, we were, we established bases everywhere, and we just hold this global just threat everywhere now and it's just ominating onto other people but to get back on our subject of uh what we, we what would we what we would do as president um you think you got another take on that or do you want me to hmm, take the wheel jesus jesus take the wheel jesus take the wheel okay what i would do next as president i would reform the education education system do you believe that well you have to believe that the education system should not be reformed fuck you <laughs> yeah. alright you can give me a tough one next okay um so you believe it has to be reformed yes entirely so okay how so um well let's start off with the base factor of that our education system is very flawed to the point where we're learning bullshit 
okay, per se, in elementary school. We're wasting our time by learning that the fucking pilgrims and the Native Americans, they had this very dandy, nice dinner, and then Thanksgiving became a thing. When really, they were brutally slaughtered, and many different tribes were just slaughtered, you know, like, the Native American genocide is a thing, and a lot of people don't believe it's a thing, because they're like, it's just land, but, like, you can't just take that out of fucking nowhere, so I really think that our education system is redundant in the fact that we learn things that we really don't need to care about, because our society is set up in the way that job specialization is a thing. If I want to start driving NASCAR, right, like, Mm -hmm. Why the fuck am I learning Y equals MX plus B? Like, that is completely useless towards my own life. And I agree that people should be informed on, like, English per se. Like, how to write, how to read. But, like, math? So, would you say, would you say that... I don't say... People, would you say we want to, you want to move towards a more specialized society where people choose their own occupations from a younger age? Yes and no, because I still think that we should learn the fundamentals. How to add, how to subtract, how to multiply, how to divide, like how to get percentages. But I don't think that things like geometry, well, geometry can be useful in a way, but like if you really want that job, then you would take that class, you know? But well, like, for a NASCAR driver, geometry is incredibly important. Yes, you but need I, to know I, your I, I, I'm just saying one specific job. You know what I mean? Like, Sure, but. We, and that would be a part of, the, of their curriculum then if they want to become a NASCAR driver. But if I, like, want to work at McDonald's for the rest of my life, you know, like, mm-hmm. I don't need fucking to know the angle of how to flip the fucking spatula on the stove to Maybe get not, the perfect... Maybe what if feet. you need to build your own shelves? Build my own shelves? Yeah. If I'm working at McDonald's, it's all corporate. They're fucking... Well, at your own house. At my own house? Yeah. Then I look it up. You look it up. Okay, so you look up how to build it. When you could have had the knowledge initially, and you could have had a more experienced, yeah, you could have had more experience with it at a younger yeah. age. I don't just mean that we should get rid of every other class and you could just focus on your one specific class. I think that you should be able to have more choice. Is what I'm saying, like more options available mm-hmm. to people. I think that education should be a more, not like on a universal scale of like just one unified education system Mm -hmm. but I think that they should be more equal to each other because a lot of these schools and like the projects per se are not anywhere near to par with per se in like a middle class neighborhood you know like a suburb yeah they have less available choices they have worse teachers Mm -hmm. not because of like where they're from but just they're not paid enough and that's another thing with the education reform that I would change. I would change the fact that teachers should be paid more money. They should 100% be paid more money because they're the most, one of the most important people that we will encounter at our youth. Right. Because they teach us what we need to know. They shape us who we are as a person. and Not entirely, but in a certain way. So if these teachers were paid more, they would take more time into like enjoying their job per se because a lot of these teachers they really don't like working but the ones who really do and put the effort in they make impacts on students you know right like do you know mr saban is yeah he's one of the greatest teachers i've ever had and like a lot of people agree with me on that like dr bruce saban exactly god yeah like i wouldn't be surprised if he became principal one day but to get back on the topic um i definitely think these teachers should be paid more because when they are shaping what our future is then it's very important, you know? Like, it's not just some, like, redundant job. It's a very yeah. important job, and, like, the right people have to do it in order to... Well, while I agree with you there, um, I have to disagree <laughs> with... Um, do you actually, or do you have to? Yes. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, I have to, I have to agree with that. Um okay. I, I think what I disagree with here is what you say. I'm going back to it. Um, there are certain lessons that you can learn from classes that you don't expect. Mm-hmm. For instance, 
what I say math teaches you beyond um, math and science actually math and science teach you beyond what we see on the surface level with the equations of course I think what they teach us is perseverance sorry guys the podcast cut out but to go on Grover's take of that it teaches us perseverance and more deeper things I do agree with that to a certain extent but I I also think that it's about the teacher at the end of the day. It's not about the class per se, because if you're uninterested and just the teacher doesn't give a shit about you and they're like, just let you sleep in class per se. But like, if you have a really good teacher who's like caring about you, telling you, hey, like, I care about you. Like, I want to see you succeed. Like, I have a lot of people tell me that, like, there's that one special teacher who like really motivated them to work hard in school. And if these teachers were paid more, then they would have that, like, like more, like, they would feel of, like, more of an obligation to the kids, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, shit. (laughs) It's so hard, like, to disagree here. Um, the... So if I were president and I did all that, you would agree with it? Is what you're saying? Yeah, I'd have to. You'd have to, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. Yeah. So, do you got one more take before uh, we wrap it up so we can have an even amount, or... Shit. Um... I'm massaging my temples to figure (laughs) it out. You're good, you're good. Uh, I'm informing the viewer, because they cannot see. Um, I think... Honestly, I think I used all of my brain cells today, and I need to recharge. But it was an honor being here. Thank you for having me. No problem, and it was great having you. And that's going to wrap up today's episode of the State Road Podcast. I hope you enjoyed. Please like, follow, and repost this on your story. Have a great night, everybody. Me and Grover are going to chill and eat some tacos. Deuces. Bye.